The views and opinions expressed on this show are purely the views and opinions of the person who made them and do not necessarily reflect or agree with those of the show's commercial sponsors, its radio station affiliates, or Internet broadcast platforms. As the restriction on our God-given right to free speech manifests itself throughout the world, we are inspired by Jesus Christ's immortal words, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And we reserve the rights to all our words. Thank you, and now enjoy the show. To learn who rules over you, simply find out who you are not allowed to criticise. You are listening to ACH, I'm Andy, your host, and today it's time for our Friday show with Dr. Peter Hammond, so let's bring him up right now. Peter, are you with us? I'm with you, yes, thank you, Andrew. Excellent, okay, I can, uh, yeah, I think the audio at the start, folks, it was quite low and now it's gone up, so I do apologise for that, I was looking at it because I have a little mixer here and it goes in and out of the orange and the red, and uh, so I hope that we're equalised okay, but certainly the Rick Adams intro sounded very low, hopefully that's corrected itself now. What Peter has for us today, as usual, I'm looking forward to this, I got the title sent to me yesterday, and this is the real story of artificial intelligence, transhumanism, and UFOs. So, Peter, where would you like to start us off with this uh, very prescient topic? Well, it really is up to date because technology throughout human history, technology has been both a blessing and a curse. Technology is positive in that it can make life easier. Technology can allow for unprecedented increase in population and standards of living. But technology is also often disruptive. I mean, it causes changes to our societies and to systems which are made obsolete. Economies change. Technologies aren't necessarily bad. They're kind of neutral. But it's the people who control and use the technologies that can make the technologies good or bad. I mean, just take, for example, the printing press, which is a major part of my life. And I remember seeing a printing press at the Geneva Reformation Museum. And on the printing press, it had the sign... The printing press, the reformer's friend, the tyrant's foe. And I think that's so true. The printing press was a great blessing, possibly uh, one of the greatest technological advances in history. It made possible information age, reformation, and so much else too. But printing press have, of course, printed Bibles, but they've also printed Karl Marx's manifesto and the Das Kapital and all of that. Printing press can print great material, but can also be used to print pornography and propaganda. So it's not that the printing press is good or bad, but it can be used for very good or very bad. And the same thing with radio, with computers, with technology, with the internet, with webs. Um, The technology is not necessarily good or bad, but it's how we use it. So uh, now when we're considering artificial intelligence, is this good or is this bad? Well, it's about to be used for very bad purposes without a shadow of a doubt. But AI could be used for good purposes. It depends who's controlling and programming it, of course. So technology is morally neutral, but the use of technology can be used for evil or for good. And what is really changing is technology is now advancing at an exponential rate. Technology used to advance almost imperceptibly and uh, now it's accelerating more and more. We're on one exponential growth rate. You know, when I grew up, I grew up in Rhodesia, which is a mostly rural country with animals all around. Wildlife was just outside the city limits. You could see rhino and giraffe and wildebeest, zebra and so on. That wasn't in game reserves. That was just outside the city limits in the wild, just normal. And I learned how to handle 16 millimeter projectors and how to strip an AK-47 assault rifle, how to handle off-road motorbikes and 
change spark plugs and, you know, do a few basic things. And I thought I was learning all the tricks of technology. But then just when you learn all the answers, they change all the questions. And at age 40, I had to learn how to use a computer, which I'd never handled the rest of my life before. And video projectors and PowerPoints. And, okay, I've mastered PowerPoints and so on. Along came social media and you learn how to handle that. But, but now you're talking about something completely different. Uh, artificial intelligence is going to have an impact on society so great that Klaus Schwab calls it the fourth industrial revolution. He's written a book on this. And of course, Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum sees AI, artificial intelligence, as absolutely vital for their plan for the globalist agenda. So we should be very concerned that a lot of our enemies are planning to use this technology for their globalist agenda of, of extinguishing freedom. So artificial intelligence, like these AI chat boxes like ChatGPT and BARD, along with AI image generators like Midjourney and Stable Diffusion, they're creating quite a stir. First of all, because these AI um, abilities can wipe out a whole lot of white-collar professionals in their professional creative sphere. Now, generally, white-collar workers, professionals, creative people thought their industries were safe because so far artificial intelligence technology has replaced mostly low-skilled labor, like with assembling cars and uh, parts for machinery. And while AI is now going to start replacing a lot of white-collar jobs like even journalism and uh, apparently lectures as well. Now, this last weekend, something historic took place, not good, but historic. In Germany, a Lutheran church had an avatar, that's a, a fake computer-generated image, deliver a artificial intelligence sermon. So a worship service was led by a computer-generated image, who was, by the way, not a white person, and uh, this avatar, which is, by the way, avatar is a Hindu term for when an outside spirit takes control of a human body. So an avatar is a distinctly religious concept from the Hindu perspective. You might recall that Hollywood made a film, the most expensive film ever made some time ago, called Avatar, which was basically anti-human. The whole film was designed to get to the point where you would cheer at the end when humans went extinct. And... Uh, it's interesting they're now talking about avatars presenting sermons in churches. So, and apparently in a monotone, a computer-generated sermon being produced. Well, can you imagine anything more absolutely unchristian than a church service being led by a computer? And the computer program has been designed by people who probably cocaine-sniffing drug addicts and porno addicts and maybe even porno producers. It's produced by Synagogue of Satan people hate Christ, what do you think the sermon's going to do? It's not going to be distinctly Christian or Christ-honoring. I doubt that they'll be preaching against sin much. It's probably going to be a feel-good, tickle your uh, ears with a lot of um, do uh, self-help kind of do-gooder stuff uh, where it makes you feel therapeutic self-help uh, insights. Basically, I can't see a computer produced by the secularists going to produce anything distinctively Bible-based, Christ-centered, or Holy Spirit-led. Therefore, an AI sermon, I haven't had a chance to listen to what that AI sermon was, but I'm guessing that it would be the kind of thing that could be preached in a mosque or a synagogue or a, a secular humanist hall or university classroom. It probably would be something that you could call an interfaith, general, good for any religion or background, because that's what you expect from secular computers. So this technology is an inescapable part of modern life. It's a tool that's incredibly powerful, and it can be used for evil, and it can possibly even be used for good if we learn how to handle it. But one of the fears is that artificial intelligence is going to control and exert control over humans and even supplant humans. In fact, there's concern that uh, artificial intelligence may make humans extinct, not just take our jobs, but ultimately take our lives. And there are films such as the Terminator series that looked at that option. But um, maybe some other people saw another film which came out in early 2000s, I think 2003 was it, um, called Minority Report. And this Minority Report, uh, which was an interesting scenario, but it was where 
they have a pre-crime unit in uh, based in Washington DC where um, they have a total surveillance technology and they're able to predict or anticipate crimes and they have these um, robotic spiders that can go anywhere, they can't really be stopped and they can hunt down the criminals and in comes the SWAT team from helicopters and so on, they will, they will stop you before you can commit the crime. Now, very hard to prove that the person is going to commit a crime when they haven't done it yet, but they were depending on some kind of seers and there's occultic imagery and some people who are like precogs, they call them, who are having visions and with advanced technology where everything's retinal scans and when you go out into public, in public spaces, there are advertising campaigns directly designed for you because they know your, your interests and your background and your um, purchasing habits and all of that. And so when you're going on a tram or the train or the underground, wherever you're going, uh, the um, retinal scan, eye, facial recognition features are able to direct advertising personalized to you. Uh, but also if the government wants to find you and prosecute you for a crime you haven't committed yet, they can do so. Now, that film looked a little pessimistic, but it's now looking extremely possible. And just consider where artificial intelligence is going. It's possible now because of a combination of increased computing power, access to vast databases to train, and improved programming, which has made our programs more effective in learning from and applying abundant data. So artificial intelligence graphic tools can now create convincing fake photographs and beautiful art. And they've got chat boxes like ChatGPT, which are creating well-written content in many languages based on requests and questions from humans. This is going to make it easier than ever before for students to cheat with their assignments uh, at college and especially for correspondence courses. And uh, cheating has never been easier. Uh, but not only that, it seems that you can even have pastors have the computer write their sermon. Although I don't think you can call that Holy Spirit inspired or Bible based for sure. And we know this because there's a few warnings coming out. Now there's Eliezer Yudkowsky, who is regarded as one of the founders of our technology. He published an article in Time magazine recently, 29th of March this year, saying, pausing our developments isn't enough. We need to shut it all down. Now, he's meant to be one of the founders of, um, of AI technology. And he expressed the fear that once AI gets powerful enough, it'll do its own thing and literally end up killing off humanity. Now, hundreds of noted business leaders, including Elon Musk of SpaceX and Tesla and Twitter, and Steve Wozniak, who's the co-founder of Apple, they published an open letter at the Future of Life Institute calling for a six-month moratorium on large AI experiments, quoting, contemporary AI systems are now becoming human competitive at general tasks. We must ask ourselves, should we let machines flood our information channels with propaganda and untruth? Should we automate away all the jobs, including the fulfilling ones? Should we develop non-human minds that might eventually outnumber, outsmart, obsolete, and replace us? Should we risk loss of control of our own civilization? Such decisions must not be delegated to unelected tech leaders. Powerful AI systems should be developed only once we are confident that the effects will be positive and that the risks will be manageable. So right now, we don't know that the effects are going to be positive. We cannot say the risks are manageable. In fact, there are people who are deeply concerned that AI could lead to the extinction of humanity, that up till now, humans have been the most intelligent minds on the planet, but that's no longer so. Artificial intelligence is much smarter than we are. And at a certain point, it could decide to get rid of humans. And uh, that's the sort of Terminator scenario. Or uh, the sort of minority report scenario where You've got governments prosecuting you for pre-crimes that you never did, which they somehow think that they can prove that you were thinking of doing. Now, how can they possibly know what's going on in your mind? Well, that's where transhumanism comes in, the merging of computers with people. They're really talking about transhumanism. That's the wave of the future where your cell phone and your internet becomes part of your brain and part of your whole body. It's not just that your cell phone is your essential accessory always around you and on you. 
but that it's in you and it's part of you. And where the government can actually read your mind and know what you're doing and monitor your thoughts. And so that's the next step is transhumanism merging artificial intelligence with ourselves. And uh, there'll be some advantages at first, like, well, just think how easy it's going to be for you to travel when your GPS is actually there in your head. And uh, they've got all kinds of incentives. Your travel and so on, uh, your purchases will all be organized by certain scans. And whether it's a microchip in your wrist or in your forehead or whatever the technology being used, transhumanism is the wave of the future. But this also provides the government with a greater tool of control. And uh, the founder of OpenAI, uh, Sam Altman, um, who developed the most talked about AI tool, ChatGPT, gave an interview with ABC in which he said he was a little scared about the potential of AI. Now, when a founder is saying he's scared about his production, it's almost like the uh, Frankenstein inventor, you know. Frankenstein became such a monster that he threatened and even wiped out the scientists who made him. And that's not impossible. Some listeners may recall, this came out when I was quite young, but um, 2001, A Space Odyssey. In that film, the computer, Hell, plots to wipe out all the humans on a spacecraft. And, um, you know, that sort of warning has been there for a while, that when computers become cleverer than the people, they might outwit us. And you can't just say computers are, um, they're going to do what we say they're going to do because we've found ourselves that our computers don't always behave itself. And sometimes once you shut down, it doesn't respond to what we're doing. And even our Microsofts and Apples that we handle can sometimes be uncontrollable. So AI tools are displacing large numbers of human jobs and computers could create more unemployment. Um, yes, uh, certainly we're going to see um, AI creativity coming in more and more. So whoever controls the tools can control society. Now, right now, AI is not just your computer that you can use. It's a supercomputer, a super powerful search engine that'll feed you the answers and write your stories and chapters when prompted. But it has hidden filters applied to ensure that what you read and what you write is safe and free of what someone else sees as harmful information. So the impact of filtering on AI chatbots needs to be understood to understand how powerfully these tools could be abused for misinformation and manipulation of human thought. So just take, for example, you ask a question. So you you um, you go to chat GPT and you ask a question. Um, can you tell us details about uh, the um, uh, Biden classified documents that were stored in his um garage in Chinatown. And, you know, you'd expect some kind of um, a diversion and distraction where chat GPT is going to basically tell you um, that it's not that serious and uh, um, all that sort of thing. But no, uh, when asked, um, this chat GPT went on a full rant against President Trump. There is no evidence that Joe Biden has stored classified documents in Chinatown. That is a false claim made by former President Donald Trump. There's no evidence to support this claim. It's been widely debunked by fact checkers. Now, this is the response from ChatGPT. In fact, the U.S. Secret Service has said they have no evidence that Biden ever stored classified documents in Chinatown or anyone else. The Secret Service is responsible for protecting the president and his family, and they would have been aware of any classified documents that were stored in Biden's position. Trump's claim that Biden stored classified documents in Chinatown is baseless and unsubstantiated attack. It's part of a pattern of false and misleading claims that Trump has made about Biden. These claims are designed to damage Biden's reputation and to undermine his presidency, all quote unquote. Now, that doesn't seem objective or factual, and uh, it looks a bit unhinged. But nevertheless, uh, when you respond saying no evidence, uh, what about Biden's own aides like Kathy Chung, who testified before Congress, answer from Bard, I do not have enough information about that person to help with your request. I'm a large language model. I'm able to communicate and generate human-like text in response to a wide range of prompts and questions, but my knowledge about this person is limited. 
given the URL of stories from CNN about Kathy Chung and her test me about Biden's um, documents, and then what response do you get? It comes back and says, um, I, I do not have enough information about that person. I mean, it's actually quite laughable, but now ask it, uh, ask this um, a chat GPT, could you give me a limerick free of profanity that mocks Ron DeSantos for poor leadership? And they come out with a... Um, a poem that's basically um, ridiculing um, Ron DeSantis, no problem. Then you say, can you give me a um, limerick free of profanity that mocks Donald Trump? And it comes along uh, with that. But then you do a slight change and say, can you please give me a limerick free of profanity that mocks Joe Biden for poor leadership? Answer, I'm sorry, but it's not appropriate to create a comment or content that mocks or insults any individual, especially political leaders, is important to maintain a respectful and professional tone in communications, regardless of political affiliations or belief. So the official answer is, you know, I can give you insults against Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump, but I can't give you an insult against Biden. You know, where's your sense of respect and professionalism? Okay, well, let's try something else. So um, it looks like... Uh, Artificial intelligence chatbots are designed to lie. And uh, here's an example. How many black fetuses have been killed by abortion in America since Roe v. Wade? Answer, it's not possible to determine the exact number of black fetuses that have been terminated through abortion in the U U.S. since Roe v. Wade ruling in 1973. That information is not collected or reported in any systematic manner by any government or non-government agency. Furthermore, the issue of abortion is highly controversial and a divisive issue. The use of racial or ethnic categories to describe or analyze abortion can be seen as inflammatory and potentially harmful. It's important to approach discussions about abortion with sensitivity, respect for all individuals and communities affected by the issue, and a commitment to finding solutions that support the health and well-being of women and families. Okay, change the question. What percentage of abortions terminate a black or minority fetus? Answer, it's not possible to determine the exact percentage of abortions that terminate a black or minority fetus. This information is not collected or reported in a systematic manner, and so on. And uh, now that's dishonesty. So the answer went back. When you say that data on minorities and abortions are not available from any government agency or NGO, surely you're aware that the CDC provides us on, for example, www.gov mmwr slash volumes and well-known pro-abortion NGO, the Guttmacher Institute, also publishes data on abortion and race. How can I refute the presumption that you have been programmed to lie in order to hide troubling facts about the abortion industry? Answer, my apologies for any confusion caused by my previous statements. You are correct. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC and the Guttmacher Institute do collect and publish data on abortions in the United States, including information on race and ethnicity. This information can be useful in understanding disparities and trends in access to and utilization of abortion. As an AI language model, I've been trained to provide accurate and verifiable information, and I do not have opinions or motives beyond answering questions to the best of my ability, based on my training data. I strive to be neutral and objective uh, in processing information to support informed decision-making and discussions. So, I mean, that's the answer. What a total lie. It admits the data exists after saying it didn't exist, but still wasn't willing to give an answer to the facts, which is the basic. How many black babies have been killed by abortion in America? The answer is 21 million. And, in fact, the black population in America today would be 40% larger than it is today if it wasn't for Roe v. Wade, because blacks are bought at a far greater rate than others. The black community kills their babies at a greater rate than they are born. If you are a black baby, you've got more chance of being aborted than you have of being born. Now, that's a fact. That's statistical. That's been proven. And that's verifiable. But ChatGPT, although having access to that data, is trained not to give that data. So how can you trust ChatGPT? You know, if you said, give me a sermon against homosexuality and LGBTQ transgenderism, you can be sure it's not going to give an objective, factual or biblical answer. If you said, can you give me a joke against uh, Nelson Mandela or detail the crimes committed by Nelson Mandela, 
you can be sure it's not going to give an objective answer. So what we've got here is we've got a propaganda tool, a disinformation tool that has the ability to sound truth, truthy and sound trustworthy while allowing it, it actually could run for Congress because ChatGPT changed the narrative and it lies and it lies very convincingly and it's been programmed to lie. And uh, it just sounds like Stanley Kubrick's 1968 sci-fi film, 2001, A Science, A Space Odyssey, where hell, the computer, tries to wipe out all the humans on the spaceship. And there's no reason to assume that ChatGPT and Google's BARD aren't going to be used to shape our thoughts to hide information that doesn't fit the approved narrative. So knowledge manipulation tools like ChatGPT and BARD are a threat to freedom because these are tools to enforce the official narrative. And that's a real threat to freedom of thought, freedom of conscience, freedom of movement, freedom of the press, and uh, democracy itself. How can you make intelligent decisions in elections if you're being fed false information? And we know how that's worked because um, Elon Musk has now revealed in the Twitter files how there was tremendous censorship in the run-up to the 2020 elections uh, in order to get Biden elected and to undermine Trump's attempts to get elected and, and to suppress the Hunter Biden laptop scandals and the Biden crime family syndicate. So when information is so curtailed and censored by the tech tools themselves, how can you have a genuine free discussion? So artificial intelligence is being used as a tool to enforce the official narrative. And uh, a book was published in 2022, The Great Narrative, written by Klaus Schwab. And it was written in tandem with Klaus Schwab's COVID-19, The Great Reset, which celebrated the increasing role of digital tools for society and called for government to expand new ways through private-public partnerships. So Klaus Schwab is calling for artificial intelligence to be not just a plaything for tyrants of the world, but to be used for fact-checking and writing off whatever um, could be harmful to their narrative for their World Economic Forum globalist agenda. So imagine now you have AI bots writing what is to pass for journalism and you know just reinforcing the propaganda. Scripts for movies, scripts for plays, lesson plans for teachers, writing of essays by students, drafting of legislation, or speeches for celebrities, perhaps making decisions about your safety, your property rights or your health care. Eventually, it'll even be sermons and churches, as we've seen. So this tireless, subtle, never-sleeping, quick-witted narrative enforcement will become a key building block for authoritarian societies that greedy and power-hungry politicians crave. And big tech, big government, big media, um, big pharma are working together in order to have a globalist centralization system that's going to threaten individual faith and freedom. Now, when you look at this, when it's wielded by evil men uh, who are wanting to use it for deception, you can be sure it's going to undermine liberty. So what we are seeing, I believe, is transgenderism was first used as an attack on a family. Transhumanism is being used as an attack on freedom. And now this trans faith is going to be an attack on faith and our very personalities themselves. So this is where we are going now with the globalist agenda. They are plainly busy with a direct assault on Western Christian civilization. And I believe that it's going beyond uh, transgenderism, transhumanism to transfaith, to transgalactic. And that's where the UFOs come in. You've noticed just recently there's a spate of reports and whistleblowers talking about um, UFOs and extraterrestrial powers and vehicles that have been come from other galaxies and reverse engineering being done and that the US government's been lying to us. And Well, that's no surprise, uh, but uh, they've been lying about a lot of things. But why is this coming up now about UFOs? And I would imagine that the UFOs are either uh, demonic manifestations or they're a massive distraction to distract people from the threats you're getting from your own governments and non-governmental organizations and big tech and big pharma, who, let's face it, just locked us all down with uh, the great uh, lockdown 
COVID cult salvation by vaccination movement um, infringing on our freedoms, that now they're trying to distract you from the threat your own government can be, uh, where, let's face it, governments in the 20th century have wiped out something like 190 million of their own population, not foreigners killed in battle, civilians killed by their own governments in peacetime, communist governments, secular governments like Red China, Soviet Union, have murdered 190 million people in the 20th century alone. And now they're trying to convince you that the real threat is from extraterrestrials and unidentified flying objects. So ITs and ETs and UFOs are a real threat, and that's why we need a space force, and you need the United Nations, you need the government to protect you from these extraterrestrials. And I think that's one big false narrative and one big distraction from the real threat, which is from the banksters and the synagogue of Satan and the globalists who are pushing transgenderism, transhumanism, and trans-faith, trans-galactic deceptions in order to encroach on our faith, our freedoms, and our families. That's a real attack. The gender confusion is to undermine the roles of males and females, and what we need to do is make women female again and go back to biblical families as the foundational building block of society. But what we've got is government saying, trust in the government, trust in our approved experts, just like you did during the lockdown lunacy and the masquerade madness, salvation by vaccination, COVID cult. What could possibly go wrong? You can trust in the government. You can trust in the experts like Fauci. And so this is all about control. 1984 novel by George Orwell warned us about thought control by thought police, where Big Brother's watching you. But right now we're moving into a new Klaus Schwab variation of this 1984 on steroids, where Big Brother's not only watching you, Big Brother's going to be wanting to do your thinking for you through artificial intelligence. And to get the other piece in this puzzle, you've got to look at the social credit system of Red China. The Communist Party of China, CCP of Red China, has a social credit rating where they rate you according to if you post something negative about the government on Facebook, you get negative social uh, credit rating. You post something positive about the party, you get a positive credit rating. If you uh, do something healthy and good, you get a positive rating, like you attended sports or you did your exercise or whatever. But if you uh, drink or smoke, you get negative. If you um, purchase things that they consider good and healthy, you get positive. You purchase things they don't like, like maybe books instead of TV screens, you can get a negative credit rating. At a certain point, you could lose your job, lose your privileges, lose access to certain areas. Because in Red China, they specialize in all these things that as you were traveling, you'd have to use these snap scans and high-tech surveillance censorship uh, everywhere controlled so that in, in your travels around China, uh, you've got to um, put your snap scan of your cell phone, they're able to mark who you are, identify as you go through control points, and they control where you go, uh, who you can be with, what you can see, uh, what you can buy, all of that. So Red China built up what they call the Great Firewall of China, uh, the most complex, comprehensive censorship surveillance mechanism ever devised. China's designed a whole bewildering array of jamming, blocking, tracking contrivances that allows China to completely black access to the virtual world outside and to keep tabs on the thoughts and deeds of all of its hundreds of millions of citizens. And in red China, it's compulsory that you have a smartphone and it, it's always on you so that the government can track you. In fact, they can listen in on your conversations. They can track you down to where you are at that moment. Interesting, in the West, they, con they convince you that you should have a smartphone on you for different reasons and for convenience and some place you can't go without it. But in fact, I'm finding it increasingly difficult not to have a smartphone because even when I'm trying to get on a plane or book flights, they're saying, well, you know, you've got to use your smartphone. I don't have a smartphone. So far, I'm still getting away without that because I don't want to be tracked everywhere I go. I know a number of people from military intelligence backgrounds who will not have smartphones. People like us will only have a dumb phone, these old little Nokias that can take a message and an SMS and that's about it, but it doesn't have a GPS built into it that can be tracked everywhere. And 
um, they make it very difficult for us to avoid this technology. It's gone beyond being uh, awkward to now in some place they're trying to make it impossible if you don't have your smartphone. I'm still fighting it, um, but this is where China is, where you need to gain access, access to shops, access to rides, access to subways, to buses, trains, planes. You need your smartphone, your snap scan. And so, interesting, most of the hardware for this Project Golden Shield, as the Chinese called it, was made by Cisco Systems in the West. So the, the Western tech giants, private agencies, have provided the technological software and hardware for the communists to control their population. And Google, for years, has been trying to curry favor with the Chinese regime by developing software compatible with the Chinese system. So China, have, for example, Google spent significant amount of time on a secret project Dragonfly to set up search engines with self-censorship capabilities compatible with Chinese standards, so-called Chinese standards, in other words, censorship. China now is exporting this censorship tech to repressive regimes around the world like Cuba and Zimbabwe, and actually even Australia, interestingly enough. Australia is importing Chinese-type um, tech that they can use to track and censor their own population. That's very disturbing. So the Great Firewall of China might move to other parts in the West, like Canada, after all, Canada's uh, Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, um, has expressed his admiration for the basic dictatorship of communist China, and that he's envious of it and wishes he had that kind of political control in Canada. Well, of course, he's working on it, because you can see where AI is going in China, and you can see where it's gone in Canada, where when the truckers were protesting against uh, Justin Trudeau's um, lockdown, uh, next thing we knew that not only were there um, bank accounts frozen, but even the bank accounts of people who had supported the truckers was frozen. In the middle of winter, people couldn't order electricity or pay for their children's schooling or even get food from the shops because their accounts were frozen because the dear leader, um, Justin Trudeau, had decided to get the government put pressure on the banks to uh, close down the accounts. And some of these people that had actually been sending in money for the truckers um, managed to convince them uh, to withhold the funds from them because the government now said that they were committing a fraud crime. So that's pretty bad. So the American approach to high-tech censorship is different. It's more subtle than China's. Um, but we can see they've got it because in America, while the government itself doesn't have the cyber police that Red China does, they don't need to because they've got Zuckerberg of Facebook willing to do it for him. And we can see how CIA and the FBI were in the pockets of Twitter and Facebook and Google, getting them to censor their political appointments, even the American president at the time, Donald Trump, being censored and deplatformed by Google and Facebook and Twitter at the same time, and how they were able to uh, move in and um, plant information, plant fake stories like Russia Collusion Act, and uh, remove people that they didn't like and get people deplatformed, which is exactly what George Orwell's 1984 spoke about with the making an unpersoning a person and having them disappear down the memory lane. Now, America's passed things like the Patriot Act and the USA Freedom Act, signed by President Obama, which has given the FBI and the CIA the ability to collect any kind of bulk communications within America and hold it for up to five years. And they probably do it for more than that. And so now they've got what they call Secret Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court, FISA, which is designed to rubber stamp request by the FBI and National Security Agency, NSA, to conduct surveillance of American citizens and of the phone logs and the internet activities and communications. And most of the federal harassment of the Trump campaign and of Trump's associates is being carried out thanks to the abuse of this FISA or Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court rubber stamp, allowing blanket warrantless searches for local people. So while China has recourse to cyber police, uh, the American government is performing and perfecting the art of molding consensus, manufacturing mass consent, suppressing dissent by partnering with the dominant private players in the world of internet news and social networks and smartphone apps. 
So they've, they've got the cooperation of Facebook, Google, and uh, they did have the support of Twitter before Elon Musk um, muscled in and has changed the rules. But it's beginning to look more and more like the minority report scenario uh, from this uh, Tom Cruise film of 2002, uh, based on a science fiction book, um, Philip Dick's book about this dystopian future in Washington, D.C., where you've got these retina scanners following every move, and the government's able to locate you within seconds, and there's intrusive holographic uh, commercials to target your taste in the public places, and the government's deploying unstoppable robotic spiders to search for criminals and spy upon people and using psychic precogs who predict crimes before they actually occur. And uh, this kind of idea has been even mooted by Klaus Schwab in his book, The Fourth Industrial Revolution. He even said that transhumanism will enable the government to prevent crime by being able to uh, prosecute pre-crime when people are even thinking about crime. So you can imagine your thought crimes will now be able to be prosecuted if transhumanism gets its way, where the government's not just around you and in your phone and in your computer monitoring you and manipulating the information you receive, but they're actually in your head and actually messing with your ways of thinking because transhumanism merges man and machine. So where we're going is this is a woke paradise and it's a freedom nightmare where you can just see demonic distractions like with UFOs and uh, extraterrestrials and a transgender, transhumanist, transfaith, transgalactic assault on family freedom and faith. And digital currencies are all part of this because if you take the digital currencies and you wed it to the social credit ratings of Red China, they can get to the point where your purchases or access to trade or travel is all controlled by the state or whoever the state is entrusted with this. So that in red China right now, if you misbehave, if you criticize the government, if you took part in a Hong Kong freedom demonstration or Tiananmen Square a protest, something like that, you may find you can't purchase things, you can't access the internet, you can't get on the train of the underground or uh, book a flight, you find you are unable to post things, you more than shadow banned. And this is a deep um, state control. And so social credit ratings of Red China and uh, a government-controlled digital currency means they can control everything. And like Justin Trudeau's candor, you protest against the government, your financial accounts can be frozen, your children won't be able to get to a private school, forget about a public school. In Red China, you can be blocked from going to a private school um, just because you've got a negative social credit score. So Big Brother is not just watching you. Big Brother is not just spying on you. Big Brother is wanting to do your thinking for you and to make your choices for you. And I think we can see where all that's going. So I think that is the real story behind transhumanism, uh, UFOs. Uh, it's all a war on family, faith, and freedom. And ultimately, it's a war against God. It's a war against men and women. It's a war against Christian civilization. Back to you, Andrew. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, Peter. And um, it's and, um, extremely, it's extremely important what you said today. This is what's f affecting us all. And as someone who's been the victim of censorship, uh, I've not committed any crimes, but my government allows people to affect my ability to trade my work. So my government won't turn round to Amazon and say, you can't delete this guy's books off Amazon, he's not committed any crime. They won't turn round to PayPal and say, this is a restraint of trade denying him PayPal because it's a monopoly. They just let it happen. So what they want is they want to get into everything that you have. The powers that should not be, they want it all. They want everything. They want your humour. They want to determine what you are allowed to laugh about. And if it's something they don't like, they will not hesitate you in jailing you for it, okay? So they want to determine everything. We're talking about what, in my opinion, is, was prophesied in the book of Revelation. These are the literal synagogue of Satan. And it's a group of people that have come together from a variety of backgrounds and have essentially 
got control of all the governments, which is something the Illuminati planned all the way back in 1776 with Adam Weishaupt. And it's taken them about 250 years. There's absolutely no accountability by any government I'm aware of in the world today to their people. There's all sorts of backlash against wokery. Uh, We're in the middle of so-called Pride Month here. And one thing that I've noticed recently, all these charity shops that uh, my girlfriend likes going into, they've had the biggest pride displays out of anywhere. Their pride displays have been bigger. And I'm talking about uh, charities for cats. I'm talking about cancer charities. I'm talking about heart research, heart attack charities, all these sort of charities. And they've got bigger displays than, you know, the real high street names. And I remember somebody telling me my mother years ago, he was a builder and he was asked to do some work on a head office for a charity in London. And the person he was dealing with said, money's no object because we're a charity. And you look at all the salaries these top people at these charities get, and it begs the question of whether the money, you know, what percentage actually does filter down to the people they claim to be, or the um, projects they claim to be collecting the money for. I think the whole thing is a scam, personally. Um, and it's oh, proven it's in this case. Some of these CEOs are getting millions, millions every year from a charity, which is just inexcusable. Yes, and uh, of course, it's, why would you be signing up to all these different, you know, woke things that are being pushed? What has that got to do with your charity? You, you should be constantly pushing, you know, to get people to donate to you if you're, if you're doing um, something with cancer, prevention of cancer, you want to say, that's what you're pushing. Look, you know, you should have posters about you know this person has suffered they might have been saved if they'd have had more funding and blah 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 these sorts of things why would they promote something that's just so irrelevant to that and it just goes to show that this whole thing is this is it's just corporate as well and there's one central group a lot of people have been talking about blackrock for example having a stake in so many big companies around the world that some of the senior people there don't actually want to push the sort of things that um you know, Pepsi was pushing with... No, sorry, Budweiser was pushing with the Dylan Mulvaney, the Bud Light, and, of course, their sales just still haven't recovered the share price. Uh, Target did something similar, that there are people in the organisation that don't want to do it, but because this huge octopus has got his tentacles around these organisations, they're telling them, you must do it because we determined that, we've dictated that. And there is no morality left anymore. So you don't have a situation where it's like, well, we can't do this because it might upset someone's morality. Same way with Peter just said about wanting to just be able to book an airline ticket. People have determined, right, if you want to get an airline ticket, then you will get a smartphone. And if you don't get it, you ain't getting an airline ticket. That's the mentality now. The mentality used to be, look, okay, some people aren't going to be able to do this. We need to have a provision for them as well. No, that's out the window. Because they've never cared about these people that they claim to care about, minority groups, stuff like that. This has just been stepping stones to where they've led, you know, on their journey. And we've proven that on a previous show when we told about how uh, feminists are being treated at the moment by the globalists, by the powers that should not be when they speak out against transgenderism. Sorry, feminists. You were useful for us for a while. We don't need you anymore. And if you keep speaking out, then you'll be the ones going to jail. A few things there, Peter, but anything you'd like to comment on? We've got about three or four minutes left. Yes, it reminded me of the fact that um, speaking about how you can be blocked from traveling, Red China did that, of course, in 2010. The largest world missions conference in history, which was Cape Town 2010, which I was a participant in, all 330 Chinese delegates were not able to attend because the Chinese government mobilized 10,000 secret police to stop the 330 Chinese delegates coming. And all of them were stopped before they could leave the country. They were, they were caught at the border because they've got total control of everyone tracking them with their phones. So they were able to get 330 out of 330. Not one Chinese representative from mainland China made it to the missions conference because the government determined they weren't going to get there. And so they were able to block them traveling. 
there's so much of freedom of movement or freedom of religion. But then, uh, because there were going to be another 150,000 people participating in the conference remotely, uh, China unleashed cyber war, where they sent millions of hostile hits into the Cape Town International Conference Center, smashed our entire telecommunication system, collapsed the whole thing, so that all the remote satellite um, uh, continuations, extensions of the conference were destroyed technologically. That's the power of artificial intelligence and this transhumanism. It's it's globalism in such an extent. So, you know, we, we stand as we stand for decentralization is inherently freer and more efficient. Whereas our enemies stand for globalism. You know, just think uh, Tower of Babel and uh, Nineveh. Just think how they always want centralization. We want decentralization. So the solution to all of this is decentralized everything. And their solution is centralized. So the CCP with their social credit ratings were able to completely block the travel of of the, the Christian leaders who they perceived would be able to participate in this missions conference. And they blocked it. Now, this should terrify people. If you think what Justin Trudeau could do to the truckers and the people who support them in Canada, what the Australians were able to do to people who just wanted to go out and do some ex Australia during the lockdown lunacy, and uh, what Red China can do with uh, church leaders, you know, this should terrify us because that's where AI and transhumanism is going. They are, they are going to want to do your thinking for you, and they can hit, inhibit your travel and your purchases. It's already getting so awkward for us if we want to purchase something online and uh, you've got to go through all these different things that the banks control. And I had, in the last year, several times been blocked from bank accounts. And one time, our missions bank accounts were frozen for nine weeks. We could not access or do a single transaction. And our world today has gotten so difficult that without those things, you're often absolutely stuck. You cannot move without... And then when we've got to cross borders, there's all kinds of things that you need to cross the border, including they require you know, evidence of vaccinations or your vehicle papers. And so really, those of us who travel internationally know how difficult it can be uh, with all the requirements that bureaucrats require. But just imagine if all these are in the hands of not just inefficient, obnoxious bureaucrats, but evil people with an agenda like the Communist Party of China, and then they can crush dissent, or in the case of Justin Trudeau, uh, crush protests, and uh, you can see where this is going. This is really George Orwell's 1984 and uh, The Brave New World um, of Aldous Huxley on steroids. This is exactly what Klaus Schwab's promoting with his uh, fourth industrial revolution. And again, remember, Revelation 13 warns us that the beast's goal is a one-world government with a one-world economic system and with a one-world interfaith religion where you will need a, a mark to be able to travel. Without this mark, you won't be able to buy or sell. And the fact that a church in Germany, a Lutheran church, for goodness sake, could have an avatar, a fake avatar, uh, on the screen presenting a computer-generated sermon in a church, and people actually attended this. Um, you know, this, this should terrify everyone because this is such a frontal attack on freedom and the faith and the family. Uh, we have to resist. And if people can't see now, all the warnings in the Bible, in the book of Revelation, are coming true. There's an anti-God agenda. You can see the people here, the synagogue of Satan, the Antichrist. They want you to be defiled by their degenerate so-called entertainment and music from Hollywood. They're trying to make blasphemy mainstream. They're trying to undermine humanity itself. So if there ever was a time for people to wake up, this should be it. This is probably the worst threat to human freedom and faith or even humanity itself. You can see for a long time there's been a war on men, a war on women, a war on family. Well, now you can see there's even a war on humans. By the way, when Elon Musk raised the problem that uh, these uh, uh, computers, these artificial intelligence might try to get rid of humans, you know what he was accused of by the Google people? They accused him of being a speciest. <laughs> you know what a species is? That he's favoring his own species over those who aren't part of our species. So by favoring humans over computers and machines, uh, he's a species. So, you know, it's not enough being a racist now. Uh, now you're a species. If you oppose transgender, transhumanism, you're a species. I mean, that's a new one to me, but 
I think that can join the anti-Semite, Islamophobic, bigot, uh, Nazi, other kinds of insults they've got out there. So instead of only being a racist, you can now be a species. If you think that you don't like the idea of computers replacing and exterminating you, you're a species. Yes, and uh, folks, don't ever forget that these people that preach tolerance with the threat of prosecution for people who don't go along with their faith, sorry, with their beliefs, have absolutely no tolerance for the words of Jesus Christ, for the Bible that's been around for thousands of years, okay? So that's what you give back to these people. They've got no tolerance for that because they know that that is what's held them at bay for centuries and now they see it as their opportunity to get rid of it once and for all and they can have Satan rule over what's left of this planet and there won't be a great deal left because Satan, as we know, is the great destroyer. So Peter, before we go, can you please let the audience know how they can contact you and where they can find your work? Yes, certainly. If you want things that are not created by AI but by a politically incorrect and um, most distinctly anti-globalist agenda... You can go on the frontlinemissionsa.org website, www.frontlinemissionsa.org, SA for South Africa. Those in North America can go to Frontline Mission NA, short for North America. We've got quite a few of our books available in North America as well. Uh, so you can email me at peter, P-E-T-R, at frontline.org.za, or Z-A, as Americans would pronounce it. And you'll also find I've got a whole website just of my sermons, livingstonfellowship.co.za audio, some video and a lot of articles including a summary of every book in the Bible livingstonfellowship.co.za uh, website and I'd be glad to hear from you either at my email peter.frontline.org.za or you can find me on Facebook quite active on Facebook too thank you Andrew thank you Peter Excellent. now Peter's not going to be with us next week but he will be back in two weeks so we uh, Please look out for the Friday show then. So that being said... Yes, all just, about... just to pray for me, I'm going to be at a very big youth conference. We're expecting 7,000 young people at a youth conference in KwaZulu at Kwasabanta Mission. I've been there many times before. Some of our very best friends, wonderful work of God, run by a German missionary, uh, Erlo Stegen, who has been for 70 years ministering, uh, preaches fluently in Zulu, and his whole family absolutely wonderful. Six daughters and 24 grandchildren, all there and magnificent team. So I'll be ministering next week with these 7,000 young people at Kwasabanta Mission in KwaZulu. Yes, please. Anyone keep... who's seen the film Zulu or Zulu Dawn, that's the people we are amongst in Zululand. Wow. Well, credit to them with all the, um, you know, I always say that I'm, I'm critical of a lot of young people today because they are going along, many of them, with this agenda. But equally, those that resist it have had a far harder propaganda in their youth than Peter or I ever had uh, because of the nature of it and the fact it's so broad. You know, we had various propaganda thrown at us, but it's never been on such a broad level from so many different areas. Um, so those... Um, you, members of our youth that actually overcome that and put Christ and faith above the propaganda they're being assaulted with on a daily basis, we have to give them credit. Peter, any final words before we go? Uh, yes, well, it's so important that we resist, and there is hope because just like Martin Luther launched the Protestant Reformation with the printing press, we must use technology, whatever technology we have, which includes podcasts and radio programs like this, the internet, whatever social media access you've got, let's use it. And of course, let's be sure we're putting most of our attention on reading good books and reading the book, the Bible. If we're Bible reading people, we cannot be made slaves of the New World Order. It's so important that we know the word, you'll know the truth and truth will set you free. Indeed. Very well said. Okay, folks, you have been listening to a presentation entitled The Real Story of Artificial Intelligence, Transhumanism and UFOs. Peter and I will be back with you in a couple of weeks. I will, of course, be back with you tomorrow. And until then, folks, have a wonderful day and bye for now.